success we are on. Welcome to the From Mess to Success podcast, a podcast where we discover, explore and unpick people's From Mess to Success stories. I'm your host, Justin, founder of From Mess to Success Coaching, author of Your Fired, Your Hired. And I'm on a mission to share stories from people who have moved from mess to success, transforming their lives along the way. And today we are joined by the fabulous Madeline Gibson, the IFS coach and founder of Lake Como Wellness. The mum, the wife, the entrepreneur, Madeline, welcome to the show. We finally get to talk. We do. Thank you for having me, Justin. It's great to join you today. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Good, good. So we've known each other now for, I think it's around eight months and we've sort of been connecting on various social platforms and and we've been sort of bouncing tons of messages to each other, but we've, and we keep promising to sort of catch up and, and it sort of has, hasn't happened. So I think uh, what a platform to start off first talking on a, on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Why not um, publicise our, our final, uh, us finally getting together? Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, we both have some common interest, um, notably our, our love for Italy. You're based in, in Italy. You've, you've, you've been over there for a while. Um, living on Lake Como. Um, I obviously travel to Italy um, frequently um, to, to Puglia. So there's this real sort of uh, this, this this synergy about loving all, all things Italian. Yeah, for sure. And, and yes, I'm based um, here up north by Lake Como, but I've also spent a bit of time, as you know, uh, down in Puglia, and it's just, it's just wonderful, yeah. And it's great to to know that you have that shared kind of affinity, like you say, for this country and this place, all things Italian. Yeah. So, and it's sort of paint paint me a picture. So, in terms of like Lake Como, are you on the lake? Are you set back from the lake? Because obviously, I I watch your stories, and you know. I'm human. I get jealous. Your, your, you know, your, your scenic views uh, are unbelievable. You're doing yoga on the lake, um, and I'm like, oh, wow, what a, you know, what, what a place to live. Do you know it's funny you mentioned the yoga because I've just taught a class this morning um, right there on the lakefront. So my, my house, it, where I live, is it takes me five minutes to get down to, you know, if I wanted to actually jump in the lake, it's a, there's a short walk involved. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a place where it, it doesn't seem to lose its novelty living here every day. Um, you know, the, 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 whether it's the weather or the color of the lake, something's slightly different and something's new and having, especially kind of, been on the journey towards being more mindful and things like that over the last yeah. few years I, I i notice i notice me noticing if that makes sense you know these um quirks and just the beauty of of being here so yeah pretty close to the lake itself close enough to the mountains that kind of surround the lake to be able to enjoy them as well and 
do you know, um, actually being here during some of the the lockdown was an, another um, kind of step closer to the the nature and everything mm-hmm. that's around here because when there's less to do, you make the most of, of what is available and it, it, it helps us to, as a family, kind of explore the area, obviously always outdoors, um, a bit more so yeah feel very grateful every day to to wake up in a place like this yeah i'm sure and was was lake como a kind of was it was it was it a dream because you visited when you know earlier or before or when you were growing up or was it was it you know why lake como yeah it's a good question so i feel like the the simple answer is um a theory as it, it came around as a series of really spontaneous decisions and um I do feel like I used to live my life quite a lot around these these impulses and um it, yeah impulse decisions I still do in, in a lot of ways uh so I I was working in London as a property lawyer and then I got an opportunity to work for a company based in Milan, which, as you might know, is about 40 minutes from Lake Como by car or train or whatever. And um, when I first moved to Italy to start working for that company, I was living in another another town close to Milan. And then one day took kind of a day trip to Lake Como and I was kind of I was only renting in in the last place and so literally within the space of two weeks having just been here to visit for a day trip had had found another apartment based here instead and just flipped over to here kind of went through that process of thinking you know I'm I'm in my late 20s should I be living in the city living in Milan that might be a good idea for work as well as you know, socialising and things like that, but ultimately landed on let's go and live in what's, I guess, in the winter, pretty much like a retirement village by Lake Como. But when I look back, I'm sure, you know, a stint of living in Milan would have been amazing, but um, I've fallen in love with that kind of quiet lifestyle that you get in these small villages. So obviously it gets busy in the summer and and the you know, especially the likes of Jennifer Lopez were um, were around last week. But um, in general, it's just a small, simple life in this in this village. So I didn't know when I moved here that I'd still be here five years later. And I and I'm sure we'll get into it. But I'm not I'm not working for that company that I started yeah. that I moved here to work for anymore. So. Um, but yeah, I can't quite imagine not being here anymore. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's something about that simple life, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Whilst sort of whilst leading having a having a sort of view or a vision on a simple life and simple surroundings, but you're still, you know, working and, and wanting to achieve things um, as opposed to having a lazy, simple life, right? And I think yeah. how I can relate that to um, to my journey to Italy was, it, it's kind of the same as when I go to Puglia, it's like such a simple way of, of, of living. And although when I'm there, you know, I feel more motivated, more creative mm. to do 
the things I, I want to do. And, you know, I've sort of got my own golden goal and vision, so to speak, to 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 be out there a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of feel there's real power in that, that simplicity in your environment and surroundings, but also the ability to you know, still achieve what you want to achieve. And uh, I think that's really, really special. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about this, something that I do, I really believe is that our, there's such a strong connection between our inner worlds and our outer world, the environment that we spend our time in. Um, And I think, and you might be the same, I'm a person that's kind of, wired to internally to 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 be to thrive better in those uh more calm environments like as an introverted person really busy places can can affect me internally and as as, you know you know what I mean so um with that kind of peaceful space and I'm not saying that my house is completely tidy and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Room, but having access to um you know that that calm and and that having that ability to just take in you know whether it's the views or just this as I say calm space can help to create that feedback loop with how your mind's feeling and the calm mind it has the space for that creativity to flow, like you say, and that energy to flow towards things that that matter. So does that make sense? Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I totally agree. And I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about the, uh, this the other day. So when people post on, on, on socials and they're like, oh, this is my happy place, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, what what a happy place means is somewhere that you feel what you're what you're describing right somewhere where there's this element of calmness and you can be creative now i think a happy place can be can mean totally different things to 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 different people in terms of physical environment right so you can have you can have let's say you can have your happy place in in you know in, in a villa in barbados right but you could also have the same feeling of a happy place with having the right room in your house or the right yes. desk in your bedroom it's the same principles it's a place where you can go this is my happy place i don't feel stressed i don't feel anxious i can be creative i can you know produce good work i can work on my you know in our system whatever that is whether it's meditation writing you know where you know i'm and i think the principles are, are the same so i think there's you know when people say oh this is my happy place although it looks a bit sort of uh, you know it looks a bit kind of can be look a bit cheesy on on on, on social media <laughs> actually i think there's uh, you know there's a real meaning to when people say this is my happy place yeah i totally agree yeah and um as you say whilst you know my, i was making the point that the the environment here can h- help me get into that kind of mental state part of the journey that i've been on in the last few years is is um being able to access that place mentally irrespective of of the environment in some ways by believing that it is always um it, it is always accessible if you know what I mean it is always somewhere within me that 
I know I can kind of come back to that calm state of mind. I know that mm-hmm. if I am feeling anxious that it doesn't define who I am because I've got the resources to to kind of reconnect with that sense of calm. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's amazing self-awareness, isn't it? I think that's a really, really strong um strong sort of almost you can almost call it a superpower to have that no matter what's going on you're you've got this self-awareness that you can go into yourself and and go to a place of calm and i think that's um i think that is you know it is a superpower definitely in in today's modern super busy mm-hmm. world where where you know i heard the other day the average person is now scrolling for seven and a half miles in length a year um you know it and and it, and, it, and the thing is with this busyness so it's not going away it's like yeah. well you know we're not even past chapter one yet of life getting busy for yes. you know and obviously as, as a mum i'm sure you do and as me as a as a parent you can you know you think about this a lot as a lot for you for your children like you know what 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 world of busyness are, are they going to get into so um yeah I, I think that's real um um i think that's really special so let's go back to looking at your journey so when i look at your journey um what really grabbed me was that in 2015 and, and just to quote um from your bio um outwardly succeeding in life um you know in in the sort of corporate corporate world you were you were a lawyer um so what did that look and feel like um so yeah as you say it was a it was it looked on the surface um what a lot of kind of society's messaging would would indicate is a uh, a good place to be um you'll know yourself being in that corporate space um having you know passed enough exams and achieved enough to get a training contract to become a lawyer to then qualify um it it takes a lot of society's boxes it takes a lot of you know the kind of academic school environment that i went through um you know their standards and expectations and that's kind of what my world and like operating system had had adjusted to in some ways. So it it wasn't something that until a bit later on, and we'll get into that, um, I kind of questioned. It was something that I did feel kind of n- naturally drawn to to do as a career in some respects because um like drafting and and there were elements there were elements of being a lawyer that I, I loved uh, but they were mostly those those moments of solitude like researching and you know figuring things out or, or drafting documents uh, which sounds I know to a lot of people so tedious but it was that kind of flow state work that was part of the job that I enjoyed the um networking that was a whole other issue which at the time I would have told you I really enjoyed yeah but actually was a place where um in terms of confidence it it didn't flow naturally whatsoever I I felt like I always felt like 
I'm I'm younger than everyone. I was kind of fixated on the fact that uh, I was I was only starting out in that industry, and so I was quite intimidated speaking to um, more experienced colleagues or, or you know other people at those kind of events. And so alcohol played a big factor in that that element of the job, and it almost felt like a necessity. Like I didn't give it a second thought that. Um, it would it would be used to support me even even sometimes in kind of uh like colleague work, work events like i didn't even feel enough confidence as i say with with um my, my peers and colleagues so yeah that that i'd say it looks like on the outside you know tick the boxes to get get a, a decent job and it also looks like um i was usually the kind of last person at the at the whatever networking event whether right. it was work do or it was the you know embarrassingly like client function oh, um it, it not and there was no you know particular scenes or anything that I'm, I'm I'm fixating on here when I'm cringing a bit but it was just that general um reputation and and I did start to think whilst that was all going on like you know I'm I'd always say I'm building connections I'm and I made friends you know professional friends and things like that and um I did start to think that you know the morning after one of those events or something people might think there's there was this concept of you know someone someone will call you for uh, their commercial property lease or whatever legal work they needed because they had a great night with you the night before but actually I started to think would they <laughs> would they really because the you know it, whilst that's good it was good at, um, or it was a common way to be kind of in your personal life it didn't translate necessarily in a professional context and in, in terms of thriving professionally like yeah. getting new clients or uh, building those important relationships it didn't for me anyway and so I did start to to think what's going on here but I didn't I didn't kind of see a way out and I, I never could imagine just going along to something like that without having that kind of crutch of having a drink and and then ultimately that that I don't want to say reputation, but that way of being was how I was and, and how other people probably expected me to be. So, um, yeah, I've, I guess that I'm so that's kind of what it looks like mm. and what it feels like, felt like in some ways, because it just, um, it just didn't. I can see now how much it wasn't working. It's hard yeah. to see that though yeah, when yeah. You, you're in the thick of it. You just, you just, what I know now, I was just kind of doing the best that yeah. I could and dealing with like, that. Yeah, it's just life, isn't it? It's it's just life, and that sort of, um, you know, it's just that um, you you actually put it in your bio, but it's just the narrative, right? You know, you've, yeah. you've gone through your education, you um, you become a lawyer. The the narrative is correct. Um, you're enjoying the sort of introverted part of the role, um, but it's the extroverted part, the, the clients, the alcohol, the expectation, the pressure, um, you know, and 
It's 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 sort of um, that's the really really common factor, isn't it? In these these the, when you start to feel that something's not quite right, and there's mm-hmm. a pull and there's a tug to something else, it's because of that narrative expectation that's kind of you know almost in a way, um, especially when you're young, it's forced upon us. Mm, yeah, and and I I would say that some elements of being in that performance focused environment, like, you know, in school or whatever, um, it brought some, it inspired me or kind of brought out this drive and desire within me to, you know, whatever, to do whatever I was going to do with my life really, really well. Um, within the you know on the right side of having perfectionist standards and another thing that I noticed and probably became clear around the period that we were talking about is that whereas maybe when you know when I was a kid or like a younger teenager I'd think okay for example if I'm going to be a lawyer I'd want to progress and I'd want to work my way all the way up to being a judge which is probably or or, you know in the government how how far can you take it and I would have that that ambition and that drive but you know back in 2015 that this period we're talking about the the kind of ambition was like get get to Friday, get to the get to the pub, like yeah, get through yeah. the day with this hangover. Um, if I get if I got a promotion and a bit of a pay rise every two years, great. Like yeah. it, it wasn't there anymore. And and I think alcohol played a role in distracting me from that 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 kind of natural drive for um I don't success or kind of mastery or just improvement of of uh, and progression it, it was almost like it became a bit stagnated because the daily battle of just as i say getting through the day sometimes with a really bad hangover was was the bigger distraction than you know what what my goals were in life like that didn't yeah. feature it was it was narrowed in on what are my goals today yeah, half yeah, an hour. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. It's in that's what alcohol does. It can numb. It can numb everything. Um, you know, just to get you through the day, especially in those work work environments. So, it's two thousand and fifteen. You're questioning the narrative. You you're starting to on your bio. You're lacking some motivation and consistency. Um, you're starting to think about, you know, this uh, what alcohol is is doing and how it's serving you. What's then the sort of sort of timelines and feelings and decisions that kind of, you know, lead you towards making real habit lifestyle changes? You know, those first early, middle, and sort of later later stages for you. Mm. Um, so from from London, I think, as I said before, and I transferred over to Italy and um, I realised I keep coming back to, to alcohol in some ways because that, yeah. you know, plays such a big part of this story. Um, but just that aside, um, when I first moved to Italy and in, into the corporate role that I was in here, um, I'd changed country, but not a lot of that kind of way of seeing the world and myself changed uh, as a, you know, just overnight because I'd moved into a different country. So 
um i know i remember that first six months sort of thing was um just i guess it's a lot moving to a different country adjusting but also adjusting to the um the dolce vita the kind of aperitivo you yeah, know feeling yeah, like yeah. you're on holiday after work when you get home from work and and there's the, this kind of holiday environment um I just kind of got sucked into that so I ended up in this cycle of trying to enjoy that as much as possible whilst trying to settle into this new role and um I would I, I would I think thinking back um I'm not sure when I moved here that exercise for example or having really much mindful mindfulness around what I was eating just as two like you know big lifestyle things it, it I wouldn't have given it any considered thought um as in uh, exercise would have been non a non-existent part of my life I was the kind of person that would maybe for a month or a couple of weeks I'd go to the gym every day and then I'd, I wouldn't go again or yeah, yeah, yeah. um in in 2017 actually I signed up for I actually I'm saying this and now this is going to sound contradictory but I ran a marathon in 2017 um the training was bare bare minimum training and and I got through it and then I didn't move my body again for six months it was like it was that kind of it wasn't part of the lifestyle it was it was it was again like I mentioned at the beginning these like impulse like right I'm gonna do this and and but it it wasn't sustainable it was either all or or nothing yeah yeah and it was really it felt like hard work it felt like uh, you know something that um had to to force myself to do it was more like a not a punishment but it it wasn't an enjoyable part of taking care of myself because that's that's the biggest factor I guess it's like taking care of myself I didn't I didn't grasp the importance of that because everything was just looking outwards and uh, trying to get enough done at work and then just having a drink after work and you know it didn't I didn't have that realization that that taking control of my own wellness and integrating wellness habits or routines into my lifestyle was was feasible or you know it, it just mm, it, yeah. I was in a different mindset altogether about that and so um that, that's where quitting drinking came into it and that that obviously had its own benefits physically mentally etc you know really really big time in terms of anxiety but it also created the space in my life to reflect on how I was treating myself and how I was spending my time and what really was important um health being being one of those things and so over a period of time um you know when when things become enjoyable rather than a chore they be, they start to become second nature and that's that's kind of what ha- what's happened for me with running for example like I, I haven't um 
done a you know a marathon or anything like that in the last couple of years but I'd go out for a 5k run every day and and love doing it like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, maybe on the odd day and I, I, I would think I couldn't be asked and actually if I did think I couldn't be asked on the odd day I probably wouldn't go because I think there's a reason that my body doesn't want to do that today and that that's without kind of overcomplicating all of this another lesson that's kind of the next step on on this journey is having that additional consciousness or just that additional like listening to your body and and knowing when something just needs to uh you need to take a break or you need to to rest from from all of this so hope I haven't kind of gone off on a tangent there but I'm just trying to paint that picture of of you know first moving here for example exercise not being a feature whatsoever to uh today when uh not only you know with yoga and and in in my wellness business I've got kind of an active role in that physically active yeah. uh, but yeah. in my personal life these these kind of habits and this um attention that I now pay without actually giving it that much attention. Um, these these wellness habits have become second nature. So yeah, yeah. and that's and that's the what I call it's the. I mean, not so much the breakthrough. The breakthrough is coming into that space where it just becomes to your to, to your what you're saying is, is second nature. But when it becomes second nature, that's where the magic happens because yeah, it's yeah. no longer in your sort of thought process to do this and to struggle with this stuff because it's it it it's second nature. And I think kind of where you know what you're sort of describing it sounds to me like and this is also quite common is that you know when you're drinking you can still do colossal sort of goals and run mm-hmm. laps and then not do anything train a little bit not do anything six months but when you go alcohol free and you start to it, it kind of, it can kind of be a catalyst and open up the doorways for you know um doing things um differently that just come you know that just become then become second second nature so i'm obviously really intrigued on this journey that at some point you go to a retreat in 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 northern italy and you and then you then start to work on what is ifs which is the internal family systems model which Mm. obviously then leads you up to becoming an ifs coach so Talk me through that. Yeah. So um, probably it was around, I'd say six to nine months around that period after I'd stopped drinking, I I was in this place of, you know, starting taking care of myself better. And um, what what was still present, as as anyone who's quit drinking will know, um, is is life the challenges of life and really difficult experiences and and emotions and all of that that at one point in the past would have been for me personally I can't speak for everybody but handled in a way by by drinking like you know the seeking that relief or seeking that just blocking things out or numbing effect of, of alcohol is uh you can understand why people do that and and I certainly used to and so 
I was faced with um, a, a really challenging couple of months, actually, both personally and professionally at the same at the same time. There was a huge kind of transaction going going through the the with the transition of the business and given my legal background I was the one that was in in the lawyer's office yeah. two in the morning even yeah. you know obviously Italian systems different etc um and then alongside that there was a, a really challenging personal situation in, in my wider family and so I got to towards the end of that and uh I spoke to a friend of mine who's a a therapist and I wasn't kind of in therapy or anything, but she said to me, um, I think you should, I think you should take some time to step away from all of this and go on a retreat. And so I had a conference coming up in Paris. And so I kind of looked at my diary. I can remember doing this and I thought, okay, right. I'll go straight after that. Uh, started Googling retreats in, in Italy. Cause I thought, I don't want to travel far and I was based up, up here in the north of Italy. And lo and behold, I found this place that just looked amazing uh, about an hour and a half from where I lived. Looked at the dates, cross-referenced with um, the end of this conference so that I could go directly there and and just booked it. And um, so I, I didn't, I'd literally just gone because this ther- this psychotherapist friend had said you know maybe this will be a good idea because I was kind of feeling like I was getting to that point where I was struggling to to stay focused during the day at work and and looking back I, I can see it was all it was like a burnout kind yeah. of situation mm-hmm. and you know it would have been a perfect opportunity for me to start drinking again for example to you know it was that kind of like I don't know which way to turn here so anyway I'll always be grateful for that advice I got from um that friend of mine and so going along I I did have images of you know cucumber over your eyes and (laughs) that kind of retreat and relaxation spa and I wasn't really sure honestly I I didn't know I was literally just looking for someone to to make a suggestion about what to do so anyway I show up to this place and I'd, I'd read a bit of the description about what what the the week uh you know the theme of the week or something I hadn't fully appreciated that rather than it being just kind of lounging around and doing a bit of yoga it was actually um like an intensive <laughs> an intensive like full day sessions in this intimate group of people with this guy um Richard Schwartz who I hadn't heard of before um so I find myself all of a sudden in this kind of circle of people introducing myself um yeah literally just kind of wondering <laughs> wondering how I ended up here um and just thinking back to that moment now and and there was a, a another girl that came in late after we'd started and and she um introduced herself and I just heard this Mancunian accent and oh, wow. it's a complete side note, but I'm just remembering that moment when I was, I was a bit like, you know, sat in this, in this group and, and then realized someone else there that, you know, um, I connected with straight away. Anyway, that's the side point. So I went through that, that whole week and, and it, it basically was a, a, a really in-depth exploration and practical uh, experience in the internal family systems model which 
again, I hadn't, hadn't really grasped what that was prior to arriving there, but throughout that week got the level of kind of um, understanding that of it that that shifted my entire perspective on myself my mind life other people how the mind works and it just provided this um framework that that kind of organized what was going on especially back then in my really kind of busy or un Mm-hmm. you know blurry foggy kind of mindset it helped to organize that in a way that it brought clarity and and with that um just kind of really soothed me to to be able to see things in that way and so it was brilliant timing for me personally going as I was going through that that difficult period that I was to to yeah. be able to encounter this um it is a, a psychotherapy they're a model of psychotherapy, but, you know, it's applied in other formats. But to learn about that, it was perfect timing for me, basically. And um, I then subsequently um, kind of started having IFS therapy after I'd finished the retreat and stuff and, and gone through that life-changing experience I'd um I then started kind of one-to-one work to to continue that that um inner world exploration of of how my mind was working so internal family systems is what you've just said that inner working or or your mind um how you process things how you so because I, you know, when I first ever saw the title, I was like, "Oh, you know, and Madeline's working with families." Um, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> <So> yeah. <okay. laughs> and then, it's it's funny you say that because um, I was I'm preparing some workshops this week for uh, a course that I'll, I'll explain more about in a moment, and as part of the introductory material to that, I was explaining that the 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 name the label that this this model has is somewhat misleading mm. or, or it just it doesn't give it the kind of credit or it doesn't reflect exactly what um what it is yeah and i think the the, the guy that created it richard schwartz who was hosting this retreat he was a family therapist and so when he created it, he essentially, he was working with families. He was seeing these patterns that play out within families. You know, you might have heard of like the drama triangle and, and yeah. the ways that family family members step into roles that are connected in some way to the roles that other family members are taking. So if you think of that in the way that he was, you know, saw that and saw how that was working and then apply that to the different parts of your mind and the way that different parts of your mind adapt or evolve or interact with other parts of your mind um that's the link but i think as it uh, as the title of the the overall print the theory it's it's uh yeah it's, it's somewhat confused yeah. causes confusion um yeah I, I i can get that so you you go on the retreat you're 
obviously super, super inspired by this retreat and what happens on that retreat. And then something sort of inside you, you know, resonates with you then becoming a coach in this IFS model. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I learned more um, about how, uh, well, the first thing I discovered was the fact that you didn't, you didn't need uh, like a background in psychotherapy or to be a, to be a coach already you could train the training was open to um to anyone even even if you just wanted to do it for your own kind of work the trainings were accessible for that that so yeah. that gave me an opening to in a kind of non-pressurized way on myself to think I'm going to start this training whilst I'm still working full-time in um in the corporate role that I was in, in, in Milan. And, um, there was, there was a bit of kind of still, still a bit of a lack of belief that I could make that leap from corporate to, to doing that. And so it was, it was, I felt lucky that I, I could fit that in alongside, um, working full time still. And then gradually over the next couple of years, uh, uh, there's, there's three levels to the training, basically. In the next couple of years, I managed to get a place on the level two and then the level three and completed um, to the most advanced level. And ultimately, when I was on maternity leave after having had my daughter almost three years ago, and which coincided with lockdowns and life being kind of turned upside down. That was when I, I want to say I kind of, I made the decision, but it does feel like it, it was an incremental, like taking baby steps closer and closer towards actually going all in with the, the IFS coaching. But, you know, I, I had the skills and, and was qualified to practice from having completed the level one training, basically, which um, I'd done when, whichever year that, that was. Um, and so, yeah, I eventually found myself in this place of newfound confidence, less fear of things not working out and also good timing in the sense when it came to the maternity leave and and, um, having that space to reflect on again, like what's really important here. Like I had done when I recognised that you know, my health was was one of my values. That that period then caused me to kind of re- reassess that, and and you know, how do I want to to spend my time, and how do I want my work to feel, and and things like that. So, eventually, um, so sorry, from around around that time, I started to think, okay, well. I would like to create uh, this kind of an entrepreneurial part of me was like I'd wanting to create a, a wellness brand here in Lake Como because, I, you know, IFS, internal family systems, it's not, it's not as people don't know what it is. And, and so yeah. I felt like I still felt a bit of hesitation of going all in and just, you know, 
that being the the kind of shop window but and this was five a couple of years ago so it's a slightly different situation now but um anyway so i set up lake homo wellness which is a you know wellness business with uh yo i teach yoga classes um there we host retreats we've got retreats coming up in the next couple of months and all throughout next year um and that was a kind of like a, a place for my coaching and IFS coaching yeah. to exist yeah. as well. And so it has evolved over the recent months and and my coaching, my IFS coaching has, has just become so busy that that's almost like an entity of its own now. Um, it's got its own life and I'm, I'm still enjoying the kind of running this, this wellness business as well alongside that and having the opportunity that one of the main drivers as well of setting up that business was especially after the kind of isolation and separation that we all experienced through lockdown was to to make a space what to connect like i started the the year last year when i set set up um when i first founded the, the business with this this one word that just stuck with me and it was connection it was like okay i've got all these goals for the year i'm trying to settle this business i want to do this and i just thought if if what i'm doing leads back to connecting with people then it's it's within my goal if you know what i mean it was like it was within your values within your goal yeah. yeah 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 exactly so um when you when you have the kind of I don't want to say scatty but the kind of the mind that I'm I'm learning more and more that I do where I I like to jump around a bit and um get excited by new things a lot and stuff having that overarching kind of value like you say that I'm come back to and it yeah however your mind's kind of set up having those values as you know it is just so is such a great way to check in with yourself and check like am i is this is this um you know contributing to to the way i want to live my life what comes to mind when i say that is that phrase and i can't remember who said it but it's like it's will this will this make the boat go faster do you know who i'm talking yeah. about those yeah <laughs> I, yeah i don't know who it is but um i've heard i've heard i've heard that i've, I've, yeah. I've heard in the corporate space actually it was a it was a ceo standing up one day saying right anything we do yeah you need to ask yourself will it make the boat go faster and i think what he was referring to is stop messing around with things that don't matter yeah we just we just focus on the big deals that make the boat go faster yeah i think it was a a, like an olympic um rowing team or something i'm gonna look this up oh yes 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 it was it was yeah it's either it was a, it's either Steve Redgrave or it's the coach or mm. it's the female team that won the Olympic gold. I, I remember something around that. Yeah, yeah, you're you yeah. on. Yeah, and I, I think in the corporate world, I went to a talk with the, maybe with the the 
the team or the coach. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of reflecting on it now, especially when you apply that to, you know, a, a business and or a, the, the kind of businesses that you used to be involved in or or I did. And yeah, will the boat, will this make the boat go faster is attached to is this efficient? Is this going to make us the most money? Is this, you know, all these definitions of success for a company. And so in our personal situations and in the what I was describing before, if the boat going faster is greater connection rather than those more kind of capitalist goals, it, it still applies. If you see what I mean, it's like a way of... Um, yeah. Uh, if you adjust that that measure of su- of success by yeah. applying the values of of your values and the things that are important yeah. to you, then uh, yeah. yeah, it's it, it it's a way of looking at and and um, honing down on how you're spending your time and what you're doing and whether that is contributing to that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think we could talk for so long on values um, and how defining your values um, and living by those values can then open up all the doorways to the the, to the life you you want to leave i've i've done a very similar exercise on changing my values um a while back reading them every day my new values and then and then starting to live by them which then opened up doorways to sort of my change um it sounds you're in a wonderful place it sounds like that moment of when the stars were aligning with lockdown maternity leave and i really liked how you said loved how you said that it it kind of you, you gained confidence and with that confidence you were able to to use that sort of superpower to um to to, to set up late como wellness um and you know i think that's uh you know that's 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 a real inspiration for anybody who's sort of you know listening and and thinks you know um okay i want to get creative i want to do something i fill a pool i fill a targets how do you like what we talked about at the beginning with a happy place is how do you create that space mm. to gain that confidence gain that clarity sometimes it can be a little bit of luck as well um and mm. circumstances like what you're saying um you know, maternity leave. So you, you, you know, you're not in that corporate space, lockdown, which you know, I think opened up creativity for so many people with you know creative brains. Um, so, Madeline, we need to start to wrap this up. I feel we've only just scraped um, scraped the surface today, but it's it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, if you could give a piece of advice to anyone in in your footsteps. Um, in a world where everybody is 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 giving advice, what would that be? Mm. I think actually it would tie back into what we were just saying about that that confidence because as you as you kind of re- reflected that back to me, uh, I realised that even you know today, tomorrow, every every day there's something new that I'm learning about what's getting in the way of my confidence, my kind of innate confidence to Mm. be who I really am, to live the way I really want to be. And so the advice would be to pay close attention to 
what's in the way of that what are the fears what are the concerns or other kind of internal stumbling blocks that are are stopping you from showing up with this authenticity that we, we hear that word a lot but truly being yourself just bringing awareness to the thoughts that pop up when you are making those steps closer towards living with the greatest alignment and kind of integrity in your life is the is the first place to start because otherwise we can start to you know maybe blame other restrictions and so bring that awareness back inside notice what's going on in your mind that might be um driving fears or concerns and then exploring that and and keeping continue it it's a lifelong journey but get, starting it is is you know the greatest hurdle in some ways so yeah yeah that would be it that's a beautiful way to wrap this up madeline thank you so much for your time and coming on today just before we leave where can people find you the easiest way to get in touch is probably via instagram so at the.ifs.coach on instagram i'm always available if you want to drop me a dm or anything like that so yeah it'd be great to connect with people on instagram and lake como wellness is on instagram also yeah yeah we just published our retreats on there so um at lake como wellness take a look and again you can drop me a message on my account or directly to the team at lake como wellness and um yeah fab well listen i can see me and you spending time in italy um i'm thinking puglia um so um let's let's put that on the uh on on the to-do um Thank you, Madeline. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to seeing your journey and um, let's speak soon. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Justin.